0: Your
1: Tampa Bay Lightning take a 3-1 lead in their best-of-seven series over New Jersey with a 3-1 win and two goals by Nikita Kucherov. But guess what? Will he be suspended for Game 5? He could be. The Tampa Bay Rays win their series over the Rangers, but not without some more shaky moments from Alex Colomay. And the NFL schedule comes out tonight at 8 p.m. Some thoughts about the Bucks and why you should pay closer attention to it than normal. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstik. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial. That's a $15 value, and as a listener to this show, you get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com slash sportsday to take advantage of the deal. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. So, uh, Steve, this was... Uh, Pretty exciting game. I, I must admit, uh, these games get better as we get deeper into the series. But, uh, look, on, Nikita Kucherov was the best player on the ice, I thought, other than, I mean, we can talk about the goaltender, obviously, in, in uh, Andre Vasilevsky in just a minute. But um, And not just because he scored two goals, including the empty netter, um, but because he flexed his muscles, and that might end up getting him in trouble. Uh, they out, As a team, you know, they out-hit the Devils, and maybe it was Kucherov that sort of set the tone and you believe a hit that could be looked at pretty closely by the NHL, right?
0: Yeah. He, uh, hit Sammy Votnin late in the first period, uh, kind of shoulder to shoulder depending on, and we've only really seen one good replay at this point. I don't think he really launched into him. Uh, he definitely rate right, kind of went from a crouch position to a more standing upright position, but the way his feet then, Kind of flailed after they collided. Um, mm-hmm. You could kind of say he launched. Um, I do believe his shoulder did make some contact to the head. Now, many people believe that the penalty, or, or the the threshold, is the first place you hit. So if you hit shoulder to shoulder first, then it wipes out anything any after kitchen. that. Yeah, but the actual right. rule says it's the principal spot where you hit them. So even if you hit shoulder to shoulder first, which I believe he did, but you go the shoulder through the did shoulder. make some head contact. Will it be enough yeah. to be suspended? Um, Drew Doughty was suspended earlier in this playoffs for well, not the same play, but a similar type thing for one game. I, yeah. b- I believe the NHL is going to suspend him for a game. I, I don't wow. personally believe that he should, but I be- I think he will be suspended for a game for that hit. Wow, that would be devastating for the yeah. Lightning. Votnin's I mean. their best defenseman. He did not come back in the game. Um, yeah,
1: and that's got to be a factor, don't you think? The fact that he couldn't return, did the, the, the NHL will look at that as well?
0: A lot of times the injury is now. If he comes back in the next game, if tomorrow or Friday they say, oh, he's fine, it was just you know, held out for the rest of the game, that can affect it. But right. you know, generally the NHL, depending on the injury to the player, that can affect the punishment some. Um, I know they, they try not to dole out as many punishments in a playoff game because you know, one playoff game is worth a lot more than a regular season game per se. But yeah. you know, this series kind of got really chippy at the end of Game Three. We didn't think—well, we it w- all
1: talked about yeah. it wouldn't carry over, right? I mean, we that's why it would. Says.
0: But the Lightning was taking it to New Jersey to start the the game.
1: I I think they went out with with the obviously obviously with the express purpose of saying we're going to go out there and just hit these guys all you know right from the start as soon as they drop the puck, mm-hmm. and and it worked. And how about I mean. You know, and really that that hit sort of set the tone. How about the one Braden Colburn put on
0: Blake Coleman into the New Jersey bench? You mentioned that that Nikita Kucherov was the best player on the ice. Braden Colburn no has been wonderful in this series. He was huge in this game. And, and as much maligned as he had been throughout much of the season, this playoff series, and, and even late in the season, but this playoff series he has been really good, not just for some of the hits he's had. And, you know, in Game 3 he had, you know, Couple assists, or you know, one that was taken off that was a beautiful play. Um, the waved off goal, uh, or tonight, I mean, yeah, um, there was one goal that was waved off. That was it, was a beautiful play by Braden Coburn. He's a def- big defenseman coming up the ice, makes a nice move to avoid Kunitz, goes in the zone, drops the pass, and he goes straight to the net to block. and Corey Conacher scored. Now the goal was called off. Um, but but he did have the assist on the game mm-hmm. winner, did he not? Yes, one he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. No. He he's had a wonderful series. Um, as much as he's taken some criticism this year, um, he was he was one of the best players on the ice tonight too.
1: He was. Um, in fact, I mean, they got good performances all the way around. Kucherov now has nine points in this series. However, he gets them. That's what he has. I know he has two empty netters, but nonetheless, J.T. Miller was big in this game. He had a goal and two assists. How about Anthony Sorelli and you say he goes by Tony now, right? That's what he prefers to be called. <laughs> okay, well Tony, Tony Sorelli, a good kid from the neighborhood. Well, he is in minutes. Jersey. I mean they're playing in Jersey. I uh, know, he's in his backyard. Sixteen minutes. Uh, played fourteen on the penalty kill, which was very good tonight. He's such a more smart penalties. Player. He's such a smart player.
0: He makes the right decisions and knows where to be at the right times. He's 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 fun to watch, especially way as above a, his years. Oh, this absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
1: And what about the trust that they're gaining in this guy every night? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's playing more and more. And the penalty kill is—they're taking too many penalties. And here we started once again.
0: You look up; they got a five-on-three again. The penalty kill has been fantastic these last two games fantastic now the two five on threes they've given up goals but five on threes you almost always give up a goal always yeah. the five on fours they have been fantastic mm-hmm. and that's the key to that's why they've won the last two games or they didn't win i mean that's why they won tonight and we're in that game right. last, uh, last uh, game three yeah they were ahead two to one i mean let's mm-hmm. not
1: you know that's that's sort of where it was but uh the job that they the other thing that was uh in addition to being physical tonight um Steve, as as we uh, well actually, you know, as we do this podcast shortly after the game, was the job that they did on Taylor Hall. Um, he had one shot on goal. Do you realize that? Mm-hmm. And they decided to bring the physicality to him. They pounded him, and 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 hit him often and hard. Mm-hmm. And he's not a guy that takes a lot of hits. Yep, he avoids them for the and, most and he part. He took several. He took a couple of penalties too. Yes, he did. Yes, he did um so you know look both teams are getting their share of penalties this has been that kind of series uh, they combined for 11 in this game um which is you know usually in the playoffs i mean i thought the idea for the officials was to kind of let teams play that's not the way it's been this game these this series here has been officiated well, i know they're
0: both fast this whole playoff in, season there's been more power plays and more power play goals than normal than, than, than in years past as far as playoff series.
1: So why is that? Is that is that like a, a note from the NHL? Let's let's call things tight? I mean, what is that?
0: I, I, that would be my guess is that the NHL has said, you know, let's get better control of these games and let's not, you know. I, I thought in, in the game after the, the Kucherov hit and then after, you know, Brian Boyle kind of came after him. But for the most part, it kind of calmed down after that. I mean, it was physical, but it wasn't the – you know, I thought the officials were losing control of the game. And when you don't call penalties, that's what happens, is officials lose control of the game, and people start taking shots. Um, that's one of the things in the playoffs I've always disliked is, you know, a penalty is a penalty. Call it. You know, it doesn't matter if it's game one or, you know, game seven of the Stanley Cup final. A penalty is a penalty. Now, you want to let them play, and, and I understand swallowing a little If it's ticky-tack, I mean, I, you don't want to call the ticky-tack. But you still got to call a penalty. Uh, I think this year they're – it's still inconsistent as it always is, but I think it's been better. And I think the NHL probably is looking at, hey, power play score more goals, and we want to score more goals.
1: Well, that's true, and that's that's how these teams are, are definitely scoring. Um, let's talk a little bit about Vasilevsky because, you know, as great as he as he has been all year, he was he was playing this way at the start of the season, and the way he's tracking the puck right now. Steve, I'm not sure anyone can score on him, you know, five on five. I mean, the the amount of breakaways that he stopped for them was incredible. Um, And, you know, he's their best player. And when he plays like that, I'm not sure anyone can beat them. I mean, they outshot the Devils 37 to 26. Um, But there were great scoring chances that New Jersey had, you know, Um, turnovers and and some long passes and whatnot. Um, And then, you know, not – not to be outdone, I mean, but how about how about the assist that he sort of had on the game winner to get it up the ice? They they've got the extra skater on, and before they can get really it settled, you know, uh, into the lightning zone, um, he comes out and plays the puck and gets it up the ice, and it ends up in the empty netter.
0: He absolutely has been their best player all year. Um, and in yes. the second half of the season, he he wasn't the stats definitely weren't as good. I think there's a lot of reasons for it. I think the defense in front of him wasn't as good. I think, um, I, you know, he said he was mentally tired. T- well, he said mentally and physically yeah. tired. But I, I think, I think some of that fatigue is simply the fact of we already know we're going to the playoffs. We know we're going to be one of the best teams. It's that how do you get up for a game every night when – you're right. already your your mind's already in April, going in the playoffs, and now you're playing Arizona on a Tuesday night. Yeah, the carrots going. Mm-hmm. I understand that, and, yeah. and you know, so I think I think the whole team kind of went through that, and, and sure it's good did. to see that now that the, the the playoffs are here, they've stepped it up because the Lightning have dominated New Jersey in this series, all four games. They have they five have. on five on five. New Jersey can't hold Tampa Bay's water in this series. The power right. play and some of the special teams has kept New Jersey in it. That's how they and they stole the game. Corey Schneider's played better than Keith Kincaid has, but they still can't. You know, five on five, the Lightning are dominating in shots, dominating in time of possession. Um, they're just a deeper, better team than New Jersey.
1: And until Wednesday night, Taylor Hall had kind of taken, you know, as he has most of the second half of the year, has been their offense. And I think the Lightning just decided that guy's not beating us. You know what? Mm-hmm. We're, I don't. If he's on the ice. We're gonna let every we're gonna let him know we know where he is on the ice and we're gonna knock him knock the hell out of him and that's what they did in
0: game And game five. He, game five's now back in Tampa, which means Tampa right. Bay gets the last change, which means you get to dictate which lines on the ice when Taylor Hall's on the ice and the Braden yeah. Point line has shut him down. They have.
1: I thought that uh, you know that line with uh, I mean tonight the line that came alive of course was Stamkos
0: and Kucherov. How about JT Miller on that line? Was, was very, very good, of course. You know, at the trade deadline, the trade was for Ryan McDonough, and that's what everyone was expecting, that the Lightning were either going to get Eric Carlson or, or you know, Ryan McDonough to boast with the blue line because they needed help on the blue line. And, and Ryan, that was their primary need. And, I mean, defense was yeah, what they really needed. And Ryan McDonough's been great on the blue line for them, especially mm-hmm. once they paired him with Strawman. They've really formed a shutdown pair for them, and he's been very good. But yep. also including in that trade, swapping Nemestikov for J.T. Miller. Nemestikoff's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. But J.T. Miller brings a different skill set, bigger, more physical, uh, does a lot more of the dirty work. I mean, Nemestikov was around you know Nemestikov did some of that too, but Miller's pure size and all that is something the Lightning don't have. They have lots of guys like Tony Sorelli and Tyler Johnson and Vladisov Nemestikov, who are a little smaller forwards or centers yeah. that do very well. And they're all, and like I said, Nemestikov's a very good player. He'll be fine in New York. But bringing someone like J.T. Miller in just shows you how good St- Steve Eiserman is as a GM. Not only did he get the defenseman he needs, but he upgraded on the front line and got more of a power forward, which is exactly what you need in the playoffs. Especially
1: now that Ryan Callahan is out. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this this is sort of that presence that you need in front of the net. Uh, I thought that they got a lot more uh, minutes and a lot more play out of their fourth line tonight, Steve, that kept those other guys fresh too.
0: I, and I think some of that, yeah, I, I agree, but I think some of that was that physical play and some of the rough stuff mm-hmm. coming in. They They wanted that fourth line out there more. Um, to try to tamper some of that down too Um, but they've done very well and and hopefully ryan callahan's back saturday Um, he did skate in morning skate again today uh, but they didn't play him tyler johnson did play after missing yesterday for body maintenance uh, but he was in the lineup so yeah that was important so the series
1: now shifts back to tampa the lightning up three games to one Um, basically it's
0: you know, got to win what one out of the next three games. Well, right? the, what the Lightning will tell you is they don't want to get on a plane again in this series. Exactly, win it in Game Five and stay home. That's what you. That's what you want to have happen. You don't want to have to get on a plane and go back to New Jersey. Absolutely, and we, do we have a time for that game yet? three Three twenty will be face off on NBC. So you watch it on Channel Eight locally here in Tampa Bay. Da 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 da
1: the big the big announcers, as they say, the big show. Yes, what I'm not sure think? which
0: announcers we'll get for the for the game, but after yeah. you watch tonight's on the golf channel. <laughs> well see, not I don't locally, I just I watched it on yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Na- yeah. national The national I telecast. I-, I wondered if you if you shot the puck and missed the net, do you have to yell four? <laughs> it would have been kind of fun if they had to golf. Golf announcers, you know from
1: NBC. Uh, hello, hello, friends, friends. <laughs> and Steven Stamkos with the one-timer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it it's was. I net. tell you what. It's right. <laughs> yeah. Get in the hole. Get in the net. Every time a guy shoots, get in the net. That would be actually kind of funny if you think about it. Or, or what's the new one now? Is Dilly Dilly? Yes. You know. Um. They outruled Dilly Dilly at the Masters. Yeah. It's only the Masters camp. Oh, wow. You know, that's because it's not a
0: sponsor. That's why
1: I know exactly right. Dollar fifty eight sandwiches, but no dilly dilly, please hold the dilly dilly. Um Anyway, it was I, I was this was my favorite game tonight uh in terms of just competitiveness. I thought this thing had it all. This game had everything for me. Um, and Um And again, I'm not I'm not a lightning honk. I don't care who wins. To be honest, people don't believe that, but it's true. Um, but I just wanted to see a good, fiery, competitive game, and I thought the Lightning played their best game uh, of the series, and so that's why they won 3-1. to one, well, and, and what I like,
0: it, too, is they put on a clinic in the third period of how to shut it down. Oh, they did. They did. I mean, they were dominating play while New Jersey's trying to make a push, and yeah. they couldn't. New Jersey couldn't get the, past the blue line. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the forechecking yeah. and all that was great. They put on a so. clinic tonight in the third period of how, how you, you take a lead and you shut the other team down. Right. It was like the four corners, baby. It was good stuff. So we'll uh we'll
1: have more uh, about the lightning, of course, uh on uh Thursday to get you ready uh for uh what will be game five, right? Game five of will the, be Saturday, uh, yes. Of the Eastern Con- or of this uh first round uh, in the East. NHL playoffs. Meanwhile, the Rays also played. It was a businessman special in the afternoon. They got down 1-0. They rallied to win 4-2, but with some shaky moments again by Alex Calame uh, in the ninth inning. And uh, we'll get to that in just a second. I just wanted – Mark Tompkin wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times. If you want to check him out on TampaBay.com. We know the injuries that the Rays are going through right now. And let's face it, this was not, you know, the 26 Yankees to begin with. Um, But, when you know, when you lose – uh, Kevin Kiermaier, uh, Matt Duffy is out on the DL. Uh, I mean, this this thing is really kind of being held together by some bailing wire and scotch tape. But this was their lineup uh, two through five, which is like you know supposedly the meat of the order. And consider that you know I know they were playing the Rangers, but you know this you're supposed to be going up against the AL East, and we all know what teams like Boston and the Yankees have uh, in their lineup. But they went with um, on you know, they went with Daniel Robertson batting second. Carlos Gomez was your three hitter. CJ Crone, who's, I think, on like an eight game hitting streak right now, um, was after him. And then Hadani uh, uh was your number
0: five guy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: League that you play play professionally is just considered uh, Murderer's Row? Double A? Uh, Den- uh, maybe, maybe Double A. I don't even know. I Playing mean, for there, the Montgomery there, you, Biscuits. Yeah, you could argue that anybody at you know any lineup they throw out there in Durham is it might be as good or better than this. Denard Span, of course, let off. He has, he he still is is I think leading them in RBIs with eleven. Wilson mm-hmm. Ramos is their other good player, but that's it, man. I mean, that's that's what they got right now, and yet. They win a series, which is something they haven't done. They win a home series at that. Well, kudos to Jake Texas Faria. Rangers. Jake
0: Faria pitched a very good game today.
1: He did, and he needed to. Um, and, you know, we talked about how they needed their, one of their big three starters, which is really kind of what they have right now, uh, to step up and, and, and start pitching deeper mm-hmm. into games. I think Blake Snell sort of did that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's, he had maybe one bad contagious. start. He had one bad start,
0: but yeah, yeah, the rest of them, he's been pretty good. Jake Faria was but, good today
1: yeah even though even though Snell you know threw 114 pitches two games ago, he still went into the six and gave up just one hit then then his last down in course um, was very very good and now Faria picks it up so we'll see maybe Chris Archer, I think he pitches on Friday, I want to say uh, maybe he can keep it going uh, and then you know we'll see because it's gonna, they're not going to score runs. I mean look this this was almost an outburst with four runs uh, and, and yet um, Alex Colomay is not Alex Colomay. It's really funny because you know you think about the guys that uh, they could have or maybe should have traded along with Longoria and some of the others. Kiermaier being out, it, it it's just it, it's it's just not a, it's not a good lineup uh, to say the least. And and you know Colome was one of those guys that they could have traded, and he's he's not locking games down.
0: Well, remember this uh, off season was bizarre. There were so many free agents unsigned.
1: That, right, there's 100 that, guys down at it, IMG, it, yeah.
0: It made trading very hard because why give up assets to get a player when I can sign free agents that are still out there? And so, exactly. you know, who's to say the Rays didn't try to trade Coleman?
1: Oh, I think they did. I think they absolutely did. But now his value can't be very good. Now, he's gonna he's got a time to work out of it. But, you know, his control is gone. He's throwing – a higher percentage of cutters than he ever did. He walked the first um, two batters tonight, or tonight. Walks the first two, and yeah, after he walks the first one, he throws three straight balls, gets a strikeout, then a run scoring single, and all of a sudden it's four to two with men on, and and finally he gets uh, pinch hitter uh, Ronald Guzman to hit into a double play, and it counts, right? It, I mean, this is progress. This is a save, but it's it's a it's a as Gruden would say, it's a ride on the chicra, man. Every time you put that guy out there, you really don't know what you're going to get, and he's supposed to be. The one thing that they're that they're sure of you know is is their closer. So you might see uh, and Sergio Romo was warming up you might see more of him uh, down the stretch until
0: if 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 Colome doesn't start turning around and becoming the Alex Colomay he's been the last few years you might have to go to Romo as your closer.
1: Yeah and I think they were they were maybe one or two pitches away from putting Romo in that game he was in a bullpen throwing. And that might be the way they go until he gets straightened out. But he just doesn't have command. I mean, he missed. He, you know, he used to miss in the dirt um, with fastballs or away or whatever. He was throwing balls, you know, over guys' heads. I mean, it was it wasn't even uh, wasn't even close with the fastball. So we'll see if he can straighten it out. But the Rays, uh, the Rays do get a win there. I mentioned um, kind of a big day, a one buck place today. I guess if you if you if you like the draft and, and you're into liars poker which I'm not. You can deal me out because I've played that game and no one wins. But Jason Light's going to be available. He's going to meet the media uh, to talk about the draft. And I'll give you a preview. We could trade up. We could trade down. We could stay where we are at number seven. That's about what you're going to get. There's a lot of good um,
0: players on our board.
1: <laughs> if we're going to get a good player at seven. If we stay there, yeah, we'll get, we get we a good player. Seven, yeah, if we stay at yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, then I guess we'll hear some, and we haven't really talked about this, but DeMar Dotson. Undergoing, um, you know, knee surgery for a meniscus uh, tear, which is not either a good thing for a guy that's going into his tenth season or uh, the right timing of the year, because it means he's going to miss all of OTAs, and they just hope that he's back by training camp. But that might affect sort of what they're thinking in in the draft. I mean, I think now, um, you know, you would say, well, well, does that mean you draft a tackle? Well, not necessarily. Remember, you got Caleb Benenok, who they there would be happy with at guard or tackle. I think they see him more as a guard right now, but if they just went out there and played tackle and they left him there, he'd be fine. Um, but I this all of a sudden I think really brings Quentin Nelson into play. Um because you know Benenocht was gonna play potentially the other guard spot. So if you have a chance to address the offensive line, Nelson's the best offensive lineman. He's not a tackle, um, but it gives you some flexibility with Benenocht. And I think that's that's probably the way that that, that the the you know They'd have to be thinking right now, just depending on what happens in front of them. But, look, there's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen in the draft, and, and we'll get all into that um, certainly tomorrow with Jason Light and on into next week where, uh, you know, what are we
0: we're, – we're a week away. One week yep. away from, One week away from draft. the draft. And I think there's three positions that you're going to see them take some point For in the sure. draft. Is For sure. Offensive line, yep. uh, secondary. And, running and back. And running back. Those are the three yes. positions I think you're going to see them take players in. Now, other positions – And maybe it, in that it, order. It, it maybe it might in that be, order. It might be, and it could yeah. be multiple. You, know, you might take multiple offensive yes. linemen. Um, you could double up. I'll tell you
1: one other one that no one's talking about that I think might, might end up being their first pick. I mean, we just don't know. And that's uh, – and it, it's, it's more because of, of the abundance of this position in the draft. And it's defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Look, Gerald McCoy is going into his what ninth, se- eight or ninth season? I think it's his ninth season. Well, two thousand ten, he was draft pick, so eighth season, I guess.
0: No, be ninth. It's 2010. This will be yep. his. Yep. That's right. You ninth.
1: paid ten, so this will be his ninth. So uh, he's not going to. You know, I think. Be. I think after this year, the 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 big contract that he just signed, all the guaranteed money is gone. Um, I don't know that they're going to cut Gerald, but we've seen we've seen the production wane a bit. You know, in terms of sacks, obviously. Um, I think he's still a very, very good player. But at some point, that quick first step won't be as quick. And who do you have? I mean, you know, they went out and they signed a couple of defensive tackles, but those are not your three technique up the field, you know, Mm -hmm. put pressure on the quarterback type guys necessarily. So they may have to address it. And and Washington's Vita Bay is is that guy um, who you could make a good argument for being a top ten pick. Um, So – you know, again, depending on how everything falls. One more thing I want to say too, um, and I should have addressed this earlier in the week because uh, Sean Payton came out and said some things about, you know, the four quarterbacks that have been mentioned, going maybe even in, you know the top ten, maybe even in the top five or six, which is what the Bucks are hoping for. Uh, and Payton uh, commented that you know, well, got to be careful because even, you know such a premium at the quarterback position, but none of these guys he believes. Are Carson Wentz? He just doesn't see think that there are any of them, Sam Donald or Rosen or any of those guys are in the same sort of the same conversation. And my thing would be, yeah, that makes sense, especially since the Saints are in the market for a quarterback. I was going to say, are they
0: trying to trade up and get one of them?
1: They're well, they have to get one. I mean, they're 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 picking, I think, twenty sixth. So I mean, okay, Do they
0: trade up and get one of those guys.
1: And well, not only just trade up, but how far up? if you can successfully trash every quarterback, this is what this draft is is about. You know, it's about people either on or off the record or some kind of record um, saying that, you know, the guys that they want to see fall to them really suck. And for Sean Payton to do it on the record and Peter King to think, oh, wow, that's just brutal honesty. Thanks, Sean. No, that's a guy hoping that one of those four quarterbacks you know, drops all the way to a spot where he can either move up and get him, because Drew Brees is going to play two more years. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's all he's got. And um, you know, the Saints are obviously going for it, but they have to start finding uh, who. And and let me tell you, the quarterback class, at least that's what they're saying next year, isn't even as good as this one. So if you don't like these guys, wait till next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whether it's Lamar Jackson or whoever whoever Sean has his eye out for, I don't know. Um, but it just seemed damn convenient uh, that Sean Payton would go after, you know, and sort of, you know, try to blow up these quarterbacks in, in the obvious hope, in my opinion, that, you know, one of these guys drops like a stone all the way to them. I just think it's funny, man, this time So do of year, we need how... to start
0: that about Saquon Barkley then?
1: <laughs> yes. And, and you've heard people do. I'm telling you, I've heard people say stuff about Saquon Barkley. Of course. You know, or, well, look at it. You know, he's had a couple big games, but, like, he's not consistent. There's some games he disappears. Um, he all bounces everything outside, you know, and just the whole running back conversation about how, why would you take a running back in the first, you know, round, let alone the first 10 picks. Um, also, I think I saw a story, and I don't know how accurate it is, that, Barkley's making or people around him making rumblings that he doesn't want to go to the Browns. You know, that's another good story. Where well, we're going oh, but no. Who really, who,
0: but really, who does want to go to the Browns?
1: Well, the, who, I I think Sam Darnold wants to go there. You know, I think somebody who wants to get paid wants to go there. I, think I wouldn't it, be afraid it, of going it, it, to look, the Browns. With,
0: with, with, the, with the rookie salary cap now, would you rather go to the Giants at two or the Browns at one?
1: Well, of course. The I money's mean, not that much different. The money's not that much different, but I think just the whole. I mean, for you to come out and say, I mean, and look, Eli Manning did it and
0: it worked, right? And and others. Well, do you but, do you think that's what Jim Mora Jr. was doing for his guy, Josh Rosen? Saying he's not a good fit in Cleveland? Perhaps. But I think
1: I think Mora is just bitter that he got fired because Josh Rosen wasn't a good enough player at UCLA. I mean, he says he loves a kid and he still thinks he's the best quarterback in the draft, at the same time saying the other things about him that is surprising coming from your former college head coach. I don't know. Jim Moore is a different cat, man. He I, is. I, I mean, he. you know, I, I dealt with him with the Atlanta Falcons, and, you know, Mike Smith made him, made him look bad. Let's just put it that way. Um, and I don't know how good of a head coach Mike Smith is, but he won a hell of a lot of games in Atlanta that Jim Moore couldn't win. So, you know, it, it just – I don't know. This time of year kind of grates on me. We've had so many mocks, and we've had so many – you know, analysts and mock 5.0s, and, and we're just a week away. So we have plenty of draft coverage well, we're getting your you. mock
0: draft next Wednesday, correct? That's what we'll be doing the podcast next week? You're going to do a seven-round yes, mock draft?
1: One through, uh, what would that be, seven times 32, so about 200. I don't know how many picks.
0: compensatory picks there are, so it's hard to, <laughs> I don't know how many picks there are. Can you imagine if I sat here and did that? There'd be like three people listening to it, and we would be two of them. Um, well, speaking of that, tomorrow, are... we're going to break down all 256 games of the NFL schedule. So <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah, we're just waiting for it to come out at 8 o'clock, and we'll tell you exactly. And that's what I was going to mention. The other part of this is pay close attention. You know why you should pay close attention? I asked that question earlier. I will tell you rhetorically. It is because uh, how this schedule falls might say a lot about how their season goes. We don't know if Jameis Winston is going to be available still. They have not, to my knowledge, at least as a few days ago – the NFL has not interviewed Jameis Winston, which means their investigation is continuing. So, depending on how the first three games line up, eh, eh, might, you know, can Ryan Fitzpatrick beat, you know, the Chicago Bears in Chicago? Can he beat the 49ers at home? I mean, you know, the, the one thing about the, the schedule over the last few years has been that in, in almost every case, every division, the NFL has deliberately loaded up division games in November and December because – one, it prevents teams essentially from, you know, tanking or not, not tanking, but not playing guys if they've already clinched their positions, whatnot. So it, it obviously makes that week 17 more competitive. But also, um, you know, they just, they just tend to want to create drama, you know, in November, late November, and December. So the chances are that you're going to see a lot of non-conference games, you know, in those first three weeks, in my opinion. that's what we, That's kind of what we've seen in the past. And so you know, you look at you look at who they're playing. Um, you know, you you could be playing at New York against the Giants. I mean, there's there's a number of pretty good teams, uh, you know, that, that they could be up against. And I don't know if it if you know if it falls kind of weird. I mean, the Bucks should pay close attention. They can't do anything about it, obviously. But um, it will be more interesting to see how the schedule falls, knowing or in this case not knowing what is going to happen to Jameis Winston. I I love this day anyway because everybody does the thing where you go through and go, okay, they won that game. I got them at nine and seven, you know. And every year I get a team at nine and seven. That's sort of what the under/over is eight and eight, and then you go up or above. But we'll see. It's an exciting day because I get to find out what my what my year is going to look like. So look forward to. Oh, well, it's look all about you. To. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, where are you going to spend Christmas? You know, are you going to go to Chicago see the relatives? Like, what? You know, where are you going to be? These these are all. Major decisions in my in my household. Well, the good thing is Christmas is a Tuesday this year, so. Well, that's an off day. That's even better. Yeah. So, so potentially, if you didn't fly home, let's say you're on the road and you get someone to cover Monday
0: for you, then maybe you could stay sort of over the weekend. Yeah. Wonder if they'll have a Monday cool. night game on Christmas Eve, or if they'll. Uh, they probably we don't know won't. about. They national. probably won't. They'll probably. Get I
1: think it. they're just going to have one Thursday night game, like everybody has to have, and I, I don't see them on Monday night football. No, I'm just saying, I'm, just, I'm just
0: saying in general Monday night football on Christmas Eve. Will there be a game? Period. Oh, will there be a game? Yeah, or, uh, will, they, will they just will they give ESPN that Saturday night instead? No, I... Christmas
1: Eve. I could see a Christmas. Because normally there's maybe. there's
0: no sports on Christmas. The, the Hawaii Bowl is the only thing on Christmas Eve every year. Yeah. When they play that, like at noon in Hawaii, but it's like you know six or seven. Maybe they'll maybe the they'll East. play that game on a Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, that's so, I mean. They may give ESPN just Saturday night because there's colleges are done at that point. Outside of, you know, the I mean, that's games. the
1: last. I believe that would be the last week of the NFL season. So yeah, probably no Monday night game.
0: Uh, uh, no, actually, the, I think the next week will be the December. Is 30th, there one more December thirtieth or whatever would be? So right around New Year's Eve. Yeah. So New Year's Eve is on a Monday. Is that what you are telling yes. me? then? Yes, yeah, but they don't play they, the last week. They never play the Monday night because the playoffs start the week after. So right,
1: right, right, right. Huh?
0: Everybody's got to end on Sunday.
1: I don't know. I just hope that Thursday night game's at home. There is nothing worse than a Thursday night game on the road because you are basically both for the teams and everybody else. Again, it's about me. I don't it want is. To, it really is. I don't want to, have to travel on on a <laughs> Wednesday. It's just weird. All right, well, we appreciate uh, you guys listening to us, and uh, we'll get you ready, of course, for Game 5 at Emily Arena on Saturday. And you said that game is at 3? 3.20 is puck drop. 20. Okay. So you'll be there, of course, as always. Um, we're, we really enjoy the feedback that you guys are giving us on this podcast. We want you to interact with us as much as possible. You can always continue to reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me at NFLStroud. And, uh, of course, email is rstroud at
0: tampabay.com. Love it for you to rate,
1: review this podcast. Steve, where can they do that?
0: Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, whether you're listening to it through iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. Of course, tampabay.com slash sports always has the latest episode, and you can do the same there too.
1: Check back tomorrow. We'll have Jason Light talking about the draft. Uh, for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.